and welcome to Therapy Thoughts, although it may be soon to change to a new title. Hey, Randy Cash over there. That's a great name for a podcast. Hey, Randy <laughs> Cash over there. Right, right. That, that's exactly what we're going to call it. No, so you know, we were talking before we um, started recording here just a minute ago that there is already a Therapy Thoughts podcast. So we are in the process of trying to figure out what in the heck we are going to call it going forward because I don't want to be, you know, encroaching on somebody else's territory. You know, there's already one. Hey, over there, Randy Cash sounds yeah. like a great name for a podcast. You like that? And uh, yeah, you can make sure to uh, <laughs> give me my proper endorsements and royalties and yeah. things for the intellectual property that is the name Randy Cash. <laughs> Does it have, it has royalty uh, connected with it? Absolutely. That's hilarious. Yeah, I don't know. So I did a, um, like a poll on my Facebook this past week and I did like right. a live video asking people like for suggestions. Uh-huh. I got a lot of feedback. So we're going to have to kind of like scroll through there and figure out exactly what the best option is. Okay. I know. I don't want to exclude you from that decision making process, but man, it kind of sucks. It's like you have this idea and it's already been taken. Am I really the one that you want involved in a decision-making <laughs> process, though, at this point in my life? Right. Well, you know, I mean, I feel like, it, you know, you, you were a very integral part of this here podcast. So we got to make sure we're Thanks. both on the same page. What are you drinking over there? Um, It's something new. It's a Starbucks triple shot energy oh thingy. I've always seen the double shot ones. Yeah. And I've not... Triple shot. Because that's, why I was that's what we need is out. a triple shot, right? Yeah, I need the uh, 225 milligrams of caffeine. <laughs> I got you. All right. So, yes, be brainstorming on that. We're not changing it right away because everything's sort of set up as therapy thoughts, but we will be in the very near future rebranding ourselves. I just don't know what that's going to be yet. There you go. I figure it will come to me. I'm going to try and not overthink it mm-hmm. and just let it let it be, right? Right. All right. So, did you know that September is Self-Care Awareness Month? I know now. (laughs) We we did an episode a couple weeks ago on self-care. We touched on it really briefly. But, yeah, September is Self-Care Awareness Month. And my blog on Monday uh, was actually about self-help books. Do you read self-help books? I do not. You do not. Have you ever uh, yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while? I forget what they were. What do you mean you forget what they were? I forgot the names and... Oh, you forget books. which ones you read. I got yeah, you. I was I like, what do you mean you forgot what they were? That's not good grammar. I do not remember the titles of the books that I, hear I read, you. but All right. they were a long time ago. Would you believe that I was terrified of self-help books? Like, they scared yeah. the ever-loving crap out of me. I bet. Well, <laughs> I have to explain, though, because I think there's some people out there that probably have a similar experience. So about two years ago, I hired my first ever life coach. I had done therapy for years and I've been a therapist since um, better part of 2008, essentially, when I kind of went back to school and changed everything. Right. I've always been good about reading clinical books, textbooks, case studies, research reports. All of that was great because I could apply that clinically. Anytime I would imagine reading a self-help book, the reason it would scare me is because it felt like two things. First, it was going to make me have to change something in my life. Absolutely. And that scared the ever-loving crap out of me. I don't like change all that much. Self-help. 
Right. That's just a, a, a different way of saying change. It really is. Yeah, it? you're right. It really is. Um, and then I was, so when I first hired this life coach, right, um, Cassandra was awesome. And she really did understand where I was coming from. And I said, the other thing, my OCD got in my way because I felt like if I was going to read this book, I had to do exactly what the author was saying, like this all or nothing idea that if I read it, I had to adopt all of it in my life. And I couldn't, you know, push back and be like, no, I don't really agree with that. Like, that's not really what. So she was like, "Okay, what if you were to change your whole perspective on this and you looked at it through a different lens? What if you just imagined Kind of like you approach the, you know, the clinical stuff that you read. You don't apply everything you read to your practice. You just pick the things that work for what you want to do and you apply them to your life. So I sort of took that same approach and now, oh my gosh, Randy Cash, I, I, I can't get enough of these books because they really are helpful and they give you different perspectives to think about things. There are some books that I'll start reading and I'll get like a little bit into it. And I'm like, you know, this doesn't really apply to me. I just don't think this is the right one for me. So I don't sit there and make myself have to do it. I just move on to another one because not every person is going to line up with every, you know, theorist or author out there. Maybe I should start reading some self-help books. Then I can just, you know, read through and pick out the stuff that I want to hear and apply the (laughs) stuff that I want to hear to my life and just reinforce my own bad behavior. So you almost heard me, right? Yeah, yeah. I heard you, right? You just changed it a little bit? No, because... To fit me and what I need is I just need to hear... I just want to hear what I want to hear. Well, it's sort of like picking a therapist or a life coach, you know? Like, not everybody is going to line up with every other person. So it's perfectly okay for you to read a book and go, you know, like a chapter of that book, absolutely applied to my life but these other these other chapters right. nope they don't apply at all so I thought maybe I could focus on um, one in particular that has been incredibly eye-opening for me um, I wrote a blog back over the summer about the concept of feel the fear and do it anyway around the same time that I embarked on my comfort zone challenge. And I don't know okay. if you've been following all of this stuff that I do, because I do a lot of things. Online, I'm sorry. I know. I, don't. I talk I know. to you, so I, I, I <laughs> see things. I don't follow follow anyone I online. I know. You hey, know you shared right. a video for me not that long ago, so I think that's a win. Well, that's different. But That's different. Yeah, because you kind of <laughs> asked me to. You're like, hey, stupid, I'm going to send this, so make sure you look. You find this button over here where it looks uh-huh. like the little bunches of people are gathered yeah. together, and it'll be lit up red with this long number because you never look at it. Click that, and uh-huh. then you'll scroll down for about 10 minutes, and then you'll see my video because I have all that stuff that I never go through. Mm-hmm. And that's how I know to find it because you taught me how to find it. I taught it. you how to do it? Okay. Yeah. Well, well, we'll take that. So, essentially, this lady named Susan and Jeffers. She actually is um, a psychology professional and she even teaches on topics of fear and getting out of your comfort zone. But what's really interesting is that she wrote this book about the concept of feeling the fear and doing it anyway, is this idea that says we are never going to reach a point in life where we don't feel anxiety or where we don't feel fear or concern or apprehension or even a, a likelihood of kind of procrastinating. But her idea really kind of opened my eyes to this this concept that I think a lot of people are expecting that throughout life they're going to just wake up one day and no longer feel those negative thoughts or no longer feel those negative feelings. But what she actually counters that with is to say, you're always going to feel those things. 
You just have to rise your own ability to push through it to meet the level of anxiety that you're experiencing. Mm. So it's this idea that when we have a moment of fear or trepidation, do we retreat backwards and go back to our safety zone or do we actually lean into the fear and push through it? I like the way that's worded. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And some yeah. of that was kind of my own like interpretation of what she said. And that's what I mean. Like when I read these books now, I sort of will ask myself, how can I apply this to my life? How can I apply this to, you know, clients that I work with? And I have used that so many times since I first read it back in early summer mm-hmm. with clients in my office. And it's really been a transformational thing. So I'm like, you know, maybe I should be able to share this with the world because I think it's important to be able to talk about like, well, what do we do with fear? How much do we let fear stand in our way? A lot. Yeah, I think so. I do. You let fear stand in your way? Absolutely. Yeah. Everybody does. I think they do. I really do. Depends on the fear, um, if I'm going to face it or not. Like True. My fear of heights? No, forget it, dude. Not happening. You won't try that? Nope, I'm done. Not happening. Okay. Nope. How intense is that fear for you? It's pretty intense, man. Yeah? It's like, like, I mean, if you're on, like, the second floor balcony, that's scary? Or do you have absolutely. to be, like, on, like, the 30th floor of something? No, just, like, I don't even like being on a six-foot ladder anymore. Really? Yeah, I get all, like, vertigo and my... I get yeah? buckly knees, and if I look up, I kind of start getting dizzy and stuff. Oh, wow. So you have, like, physical symptoms of it, not just the internal whatever. Wouldn't you say, though, that the ability of yourself to be able to kind of push through that fear is required for the job that you have? Not the comedy job, but the painting job. No, it absolutely is. Because if the ladder won't fit in my van, I I won't get on it anymore. Oh. Okay, so you have a rule you've like established. Okay, because I just can't anymore. I can't get up there. I got Mm -hmm. this one. It's about a little under a sixteen foot Mm -hmm. ladder, so it's not too high. But I gotcha, dude. It's my limit, and Mm -hmm. I don't even like that anymore. And it's hard to get up there sometimes. I hear you. See, and I'm over here being like, I want to get on the roof and look down. Like (laughs) the funny thing is, okay, looking down Mm -hmm. is not as bad as looking up. If I look okay. up, dude, I get like dizzy and I guess because I don't, I don't have uh, uh, as much good depth perception with the sky. I get it. The same that I would with the ground, mm-hmm. you know. But so, I mean, looking down is not cool, but it's not nearly as scary as looking up. But yeah, like uh, I, I've been kind of eating crap. Mm-hmm. At comedy lately, a little bit on some of my new stuff, and I've just been, you know, kind of down. I'm better, but I've gotten, you know, was down on myself there for a couple of weeks, yeah. and it was hard to get through, you know, to get the mm-hmm. open mic. So I've been pushing myself and getting back out there and trying new stuff and things. But that fear, yeah, yeah. those kinds of fears, I'll take them head on. But I do just have that's the only other mm-hmm. fear, though, the heights that I'm like, dude, I don't think I can do it. Boy, I'm babbly today, aren't I? I'm sorry. You're all right. You can be babbly. No, all is good. And I think, though, it's it, it kind of makes my point a little bit. In that, okay, so let's, I'm not saying you should do this, right? I'm just using this as an example that if there were a part of you that said, you know, I really do want to be able to get on a, you know, 20 foot ladder or I want to be able to get on the roof and not freak out. There are ways to learn how to push through that fear. And that's really my only point is that it doesn't mean you have to in all areas of your life because maybe it doesn't serve you to push through that fear. But if you let that fear completely keep you from doing any work uh-huh. or from even getting on the six foot ladder that might be detrimental to your actual bottom line and ability to support yourself that's mm-hmm. all i'm saying yeah, absolutely i know you're talking psychological i'm babbly today i'm sorry 
I'm all over the freaking place. You crack me up. Um, so then that kind of leads me into, so this comfort zone challenge I embarked on, I kind of have to go back and give some backstory. About a year ago, going back to that that coach Cassandra that I have, which she mm. is amazing, um, she had me go on a rejection quest where the actual goal was to push myself to do sort of out-of-the-box ideas with the intention to be told no or with the intention to be sort of told that's not going to happen, right? And what was really surprising to me about that whole process was that I didn't realize how much I was in my head sort of of rejecting myself before I ever gave anybody else a chance to reject me. Interesting. I know, right? So then that led into this whole thing, talking about self-help books. There was a book that she had me read called Rejection Free by a guy named Scott Allen, and he actually talks about this idea of self-rejection and how throughout life we we will almost inevitably reject ourselves like 99% of the time before we let someone else have a chance to reject us. It's like a safety mechanism mm-hmm. that we kind of develop and usually we develop it at a pretty young age. Like we're sort of told to be careful when we leave the house or we're kind of given all of these scary messages about what might happen or could happen and mm-hmm. there's a lot of emotional ick that comes along with that. So the combination of having to push myself to go on these quests, or I guess they were called rejection tasks. So the concept of going on those tasks was allowing me to sit with, well, where does my rejection show up? Now, it shows up different for every person, okay? Mm-hmm. For me, I don't care if you tell me no. Like in the, the world I'm in, the entrepreneur world I'm in, right. you get told no a lot. Really, for me, what caused the the most amount of angst or frustration was actually feeling like I was being a burden on people. Really? Or like bothering people. That was actually where my self-rejection was coming into the mix. Oh, what interesting. I know, right? So an example is this. Like, I would be the person to be like, I need help with something. But instead of asking for help, I'm going to go, no, 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 I've got it. I got it. I don't need help because I don't want to be a burden on somebody else. And when I realized that, it completely changed how I looked at the concept of rejection and how there was so much self-rejection that was going on. It's also the idea that says, you know, we've talked before about you going and doing comedy, right? Mm -hmm. Let's imagine that when you had that anxiety thought of, oh, wow, I wonder if anybody's going to like what I have to put out there. In that moment, you could really convince yourself, well, nobody's probably going to like what I have to say, so I just won't go. Absolutely. So that would be self-rejecting. That would be you sort of standing in your own way and being Mm -hmm. like, nope, I'm just going to reject myself. I'm not even going to give anybody else a chance to not like me. I'm going to just assume they're not going to, so I'm not going to go do it. I'm really good at standing in my own way. Yes. Absolutely. We all are. I know. That's going to be a repeating theme in this podcast that will soon be renamed because, dude, for real, like we can get really, as people, like stubborn and almost stubborn with ourselves where we're just like stuck in our way. Yeah, absolutely. But I will say, I think people do that. I know, right? I think almost everybody does to some degree. Yeah, I think so. So I guess like that's my whole mission is how do I help people feel like they are not as stuck as they think they are and they can actually push through whatever those fears might be. They can get over that fear of rejection because it does show up in different ways. Here's the big kicker that I didn't even imagine was a form of rejection. I'm pretty much a perfectionist when it comes to I don't want to do something unless I have it perfectly figured out or I know I'm going to be good at it. That, mm-hmm. that That's a struggle for me. 
What I didn't realize is that holding yourself to a perfectionistic standard is actually a form of self-rejection because you're basically saying, unless I'm perfect, I won't even try. I won't even do. I'm just going to say no. And that's kind of sad when I think back on my life, the number of things that maybe I haven't allowed myself to try or experience because I didn't think I could be perfect at them. Mm -hmm. So there was a lot that came from just these two self-help books. And I swear to you, Uh, we could have like probably 18 podcasts on every book that's been helpful. But here's sort of my challenge. What are you laughing at over there? I'm sorry. When you're telling me that I'm laughing at how how you were saying that you couldn't try all these things because of your fear of rejection. And Uh I'm just thinking about all the harebrained ideas that I've had and the things that I've tried like yeah. just over the course of my life that nobody else really does and I wanted the attention that bad and my well, I have a big fear of rejection too man but you and, pushed but like, through it I was just thinking did I push through it or did like my need for attention just supersede my interesting my, Ooh, we should it, psychologically it totally analyze it totally Randy Cash does. it right? my need for attention supersedes is that the right word? yeah I think my, so yeah uh, it is today <laughs> my uh, my fear of rejection. Yeah, yeah, and and that that's sort of an interesting correlation, I think, because mm. I think there's a lot of people that might hear you say that and go, "Yeah, I kind of get that," but I still stand in my own way. So then maybe we could psychologically analyze: Is it because your need for attention mm. is really that great? Yes, it is <laughs> because the attention feels amazing. I don't disagree. It does. I, 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 the unfortunate thing is. I've I've had it for so long, mm-hmm. like that. Uh, what were, what was it you were calling it? The external superficial attention. A couple of external ago. validation. External validation. Right. Thank you very much. <laughs> I have had so much. Uh, I don't want to say meaningless external validation, mm-hmm. but external validation that wasn't that difficult for me to get and i I was getting in it in large quantities for a very long time and i Mm -hmm. got very accustomed to it it's like a drug you know you're not wrong i think it is there's this balance between wanting to push through fear but making sure that we're doing it for reasons that serve us and actually serve us don't just superficially serve Mm -hmm. us and maybe that's what you're hitting on a little bit is Mm -hmm. this idea of how much is it is or how much is it the fact that I pushed through my fear of rejection and how much is it that I was like superficially feeding a need, quote unquote. Yeah, yeah. so I is. and see, that's why I like having you a part of this show because I can talk about it from like the psychological side and I can use myself as an example, but I love the fact that you'll just be like, okay, let me put myself in there real quick. Hold on, here we go. And then it's like, I know we're going somewhere. And then you're like, okay. And Lindsay's like, this is how it really is in the smart, <laughs> normal people world. And then here's Randy when it, from the batshit crazy angle. <laughs> oh my goodness. There is no such thing as normal. Normal is a relative uh, term. I'm I one of the weirdest shit. people I know. You nah. did say batshit, I know. Yes and no, but as I always say, by whose definition sure. of normal? Absolutely. We all have our own version of what we deem to be normal or abnormal. Uh, but, you know, really, I think the whole thing is trying to get to a place of self-acceptance where we can accept ourselves for who we are and not feeling like we have to be something we're not or, or actually to be something fake or like a phony version of ourselves, that the authenticity of who uh-huh. we are is enough to, to actually have people accept us for who we are. Mm-hmm. It's a process, though. It's a, yeah, absolutely, man. It is. So I'm just having this little realization over here. I never thought of it that way before. Yeah. And it's like, dude, you arrogant douchebag. You need <laughs> attention that much. <laughs> no, no, no. 
see, okay, but then I would argue that that's that part of yourself that wants to like be all down on you or that wants to call yeah, you absolutely. on your shit and act absolutely. like that's bad things. It's really not because I think awareness is really the key to the whole thing. The more you have awareness, the more able you are to be able to actually make changes or be able to get things to a level in life that feel acceptable to you. So I'm just saying, it's really okay to have those moments. It really, really is. Yeah, those are, I like. I have a lot of moments like that, especially yeah. as I'm getting older, and they're, they're becoming more frequent. Good. And uh, this is good, like this one, but because it, it's funny. But sometimes, you know, yeah. Yeah, and it'll surface in ways that aren't always serving us. But then yeah. once we have that awareness, you can't unknow something. So right. once you know it, it's sort of hard to keep acting in the same way because you have a new awareness. And so every time you add to your awareness or, you know, the, the filter that you view the world through, um, the more able you are to kind of change your life and put it mm-hmm. in a direction that you want it to go. And all of this really is kind of going back to don't be afraid of self-help and personal development. Anything that you can do in your life to improve your knowledge of yourself or to figure out other ways of interacting with the world around you or even to understand the world around you, all of that is furthering your ability to kind of be a well-rounded, happy human being. And so I think that's sort of the, the big key of everything is being able to push yeah. yourself. Everybody needs help, man. Living on this planet just... It's it, hard. It, it's hard, and yeah, it, it makes you crazy sometimes. I know, right? Well, so a life coach. What's exactly. the difference? What a therapy and a life coach is like a life coach is like a therapist, but like John Goodman from Revenge of the Nerds. <laughs> <laughs> so my my take on it is this: the difference is that a therapist is going to kind of go in a deep dive of the diagnostic as to kind of like why you are the way that you are, so to speak, mm-hmm. and look at it from a real psychological underlying perspective. And might even have some elements of diagnosing and kind of figuring out conditions and sitting with the feelings and allowing them to develop. I would argue that then what happens is that the life coaching side of things looks at it from a little bit of a different perspective that says, okay, there's some shit that's happened. We're not denying that. But what do you want to do about it? How do you want to take actionable steps in your life to change the course of where you're headed or the trajectory? the trajectory of where you're going. And it's not to say that there is not overlap because there definitely is. And I've even had some people that, you know, want to say, well, if you're a therapist, you shouldn't be a life coach. Or if you're a life coach, you can't be a therapist. And I don't think that that's a true statement. In fact, I kind of joke that I've always been a therapist that does coaching because I've always been the therapist that wants to push people. And I'm not the therapist that's going to say, well, how does that make you feel and have nothing else to go with it? So I think it's really figuring out what works best for each individual person. And I don't know that there's one right answer. I really think it's a process of figuring out how do you want to, you know, live your best life? What does that look like? And, how are you going to get that support that you need? We'll have to have more conversation about this, I think, because in the coming months, I've got a number of what I'll call personal development or self-help kind of groups that I'm mm-hmm. going to be kind of running more from a coaching perspective. You still get access to my therapist brain. It's not like that right. goes away, but I do kind of change the approach a little bit, and it's a lot more action-based in in the way I do it. So I think you would uh, be a better life coach if you had the therapy experience under your belt and having both sides, you know, to I can see that. Out. Yeah, 
I could see that, but I'll be honest, some of the coaches that I've hired don't have a therapy background and they've been able to Mm -hmm. push me in ways that, you know, traditional therapy wasn't able to. But I also know that at times in my life, I really needed the traditional therapy route Mm -hmm. because I was really struggling with some stuff. And, you know, I use myself as kind of an open book and I share my struggles and my stories and I'll, I'm sure I'll get into that more in coming, you know, weeks, but I was really at points where had I just had a life coach, I I don't know that that's where I started. I needed that deep dive into the psychological understanding of where I was coming from. Mm -hmm. Then I hit a point where I needed more action-based steps and I needed to kind of be in more of a let's get some stuff going. And that's really kind of, it's it's kind of pushed me in a direction that I'm really glad I'm going. Good. Yay. I know, right? Wow, we covered lots of stuff today. Mm -hmm. All sorts of stuff. It is self self-care awareness month which i you know can't emphasize enough how important i think the process of self-care is and so yeah i thought we would talk a little bit about the self-help books and we kind of went in our own little discussion i like it yay next week i think we're going to talk about boundaries boundaries yep boundaries Boundaries are important they are important we'll have to talk all about that but i don't know maybe we'll have a new name next week i don't know we have to think about it so life coach Lindsay. oh my goodness <laughs> You in the meantime, and stuff in your your ball cap. And hey, that's that's kind of funny. Athletic stuff like uh, uh, polyester <laughs> coaches shorts. <laughs> right, right. Just whistle at people. Um, that's hilarious. Um, you got to get the shorts, man. You I got to have the and, shorts. Yeah, because they got that tall band, and then you got to right. fold it down so it's white, so it looks like you're wearing a I white hear belt, but it's just the, the the coaching shorts. Oh my goodness. You're hilarious. All right. Well, Randy Cash, tell people how they can follow you if they want more comedic influence in their life. At R Cash Comedy on Instagram. Just go there. Just go there. Yeah. Follow it. You do yeah. all kind of funny stuff. I, I Stuff. You do what you can. I do everything there now, man. I'm t- social media is not really my bag, baby. I know. And there, at least, if I can just do a little something to promote something or whatever mm-hmm. I got to do and then send it everywhere from there. All right. And... I don't have to mess with it. So All right. That's why. Go there at our cash comedy. All right. And people can go to lindsaywalden.com to find any past episodes of the podcast as well as the weekly blog that comes out on Monday. You can follow me at Lindsay Walden Consulting. That's my public page on Facebook. Um, I post any information about, you know, just trying to help people live their best life on there. You can follow me on Instagram. It's Walden underscore Lindsay. And until next time, hope everybody has a fabulous week and we will see you back here on Therapy Thoughts.